the Holy Ghost turns me a flip, you know, I'll lift my hands, but but that's just commandment, you know, lift, your, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, clap your hands, all your people. Praise him in the dance, praise him on the instruments. That's, that's, just, that's just the commandments of the Lord. He's already done enough inside of me. I don't have, he don't have to nudge me into prayer or nudge me into praise. Or, that's just part of what we do. We, you know, that's it. That's just part of it. That's why outside these four walls, you know, I see people going down the road a lot of times, and I see them with a hand up. I'll be behind them, and I'll just see them with a hand up, boy. And I said, I don't know what they're listening to, but they're getting into something up there, you know. And you realize it's, it's not just part of, uh, well, I only do this at church, or I only do this when I feel that little tingling, or when I feel them chill bumps, you know. It's, that's why you can pray for somebody at the grocery store and talk in tongues, because the Holy Ghost is, is there, you know. It's, Amen. Yeah. Well, I remember we had a men's breakfast one time, and, and Brother Joel Veely from Florida, Brother Everhart said, Brother Veely, stand up and bless this food. Well, that food was sanctified when he was done. He was standing up in Shoney's. He was praying and speaking in tongues, and man, just, but he wasn't trying to show out. It's just the, the Lord, you know, and, and uh, you just, that prayer prayer and praise and thanksgiving and things like that that's just that's part of this life that's the accessories that come with living for God and and we need to be uh, you know activating those things you know and using those things get you know we 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 live you, know, you used to hear especially a lot of older saints say man we're living way beneath our privilege in this generation today and and that's what it is is that we're not taking advantage, full advantage of all the things that God offers because, well, you know, that, that, that dancing before the Lord, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, so I don't do that. But you miss a blessing. I, you say, that's, that's, that's not my personality. Yeah, if you've ever danced anywhere else or danced for anything else, it's your personality. You know, uh, you know, it's just not—it's just not my style to be vocal. Well, you know, it, it wasn't our style to be saved either. Uh, but thank God we are, and I think that if uh, if He saves us, I think there's some old personality traits we ought to let go of. And I think that we should say, well, you know, I know it says lift your voice like a trumpet, but you know, I'm just a quiet person. Well, if the Lord said you could lift it like a trumpet, you can. I don't care how quiet you are naturally. There's a trumpet <laughs> inside of you. And you ought to just go ahead and let that trumpet blow. <laughs> I wish you'd try it right now. Yeah. There you go. Come on, somebody. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you got a song in your heart. Come on.
Aleluia. Aleluia, 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 aleluia. Aleluia, aleluia, aleluia. Aleluia, aleluia, aleluia. Thank you, Jesus. on that and talk about it a while but if there's anything else that I do clap for but I don't clap for the Lord something something's just not right there's things that I can you know if I can sit and, and scream at a, at a game or at my TV set because I'm getting emotional about who's losing or winning but I can't lift my voice and shout and praise God well something's just off a little bit somewhere it's just uh, anything else that I can celebrate or rejoice over but then when I come in here I'm like well I don't think I can uh, that's just not my personality ah well (sighs) I'm glad that the Lord changed my personality a little bit that I could could do this and and live this life and you know it, I get it everybody's not the same but I believe there's a a unity in the faith that's even deeper than just theology I think there's is how you act what you do how you view the Lord if you can only worship Him in spirit and truth there ain't but one truth and there ain't but one spirit. How we worship him will be dictated in his word. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Had a young man uh, back when we first started the church. He's, he's not alive today. He came. He got connected with us through the ball team we had. You'd have never known it to meet him, but he had stage four cancer when we met him. He looked healthy as a horse, man could slap that softball. Man, he could play ball. Uh, he could hit it hard. My wife would tell you, <laughs> he, he, uh, he could hit that ball hard. But he, he came to church, and he wasn't used to it. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't raised up in the church. And he, he was asking me one day, he said, Pastor, I got to look at them people took off running around the room. I said, man, I don't know what to think. He said, but he said, they sure did look like they was having fun. I said, they were. And he said, you know, he said, now that I think about that, he said, I guess it, it's all right to have fun in church, ain't it? I said, man, <laughs> yes, it is. If you can't have fun anywhere, it ought to be in church. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, serve the Lord with gladness. There's a lot of things living for God that makes me glad thankful for him I am thankful tonight that God has uh, give us you know like I said these things that we have just by being his ways that we can make our life living in this world better and living for him better in the we're going to get into this lesson I got to get going I just I got all kind of thoughts pinging around in my head right now and I I hope I'm going to preach three messages if I'm not careful yeah, man, there's, there's a lot already. I'm sitting there thinking, what? I hope somebody's recording. You're already recording this? Good. I'll be able to go back and listen to what I said <laughs> so I can uh, expound on some of these things. But 
That's what happens when the Holy Ghost gets moving on you, man. It just, it just starts giving you stuff. And you're like, Lord, I'm never going to remember all that. But, but he did say that he would cause you to remember. So praise God. All right, I know i got to get going. Um, Matthew chapter 18, if you want to follow along with us tonight. And just good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Man, what a great place to be. Matthew chapter 18, it's going to start in verse 21. 18 and 21, then Peter came to him, said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. That's, we like that minimum, don't we? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven, which would be 490. Uh, but it's not about the number. It's the principle. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. When he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down, worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. He laid his hands on him, took him by the throat. Boy, that's pretty stout. Saying, pay me that thou owest. His fellow servant fell down at his feet, besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. They came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because you desired me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? His Lord was wroth. He was angry. He delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him and so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses and I want to preach tonight on this forgiveness is what makes it right let's pray together Lord we love you so much you're precious to us and Lord we just Pray tonight that you'll touch our hearts with your word. Let our ears be ready to hear what the Spirit would say. Lord, I know that forgiveness is a great tool, a great blessing that you've given us to make our lives better here. Pray tonight we'll learn that. Help me for a little while to preach to your people. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Lift your voice for a moment. Hallelujah. God's good. God's good. You may be seated. God bless you in Jesus' name. In Matthew 18, 21 through 35, there are two points that at least need to be pulled from that. First, we need forgiveness. Second, we need to forgive. It's that simple. I'm done. That's it. No. That's it. But it's that simple, but it needs expounding. I know. Well, number one, we do need forgiveness. We need God to uh, forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from our faults. We need that. Uh, in Psalm 130, uh, the first four verses, the psalmist said, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. He's in a place of lamentation. He's in a place of despair. He, Lord, I've, I've cried you out of the depths of where I am. 
Lord, hear my voice. and Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. And then he makes this statement about the Lord. He said, if thou, Lord, if you should mark iniquity, O Lord, who shall stand? He said, Lord, if you, if you that know everything, if, I know you know it, but if you were to mark it, in other words, you know what a birthmark is? It's something that you're born with. It's a place on your body, a discoloration or something like that. Sometimes it can actually be like a raised bump or something, but it's a birthmark. It, it, you're born with it. It shows up, and uh, you know, I know people that have them, and I, if I have one, it's, it's in, I don't know where it is, but, uh, but, uh, but there is a birthmark that is, was upon all of us. Because we were all born into sin. You know, the baby has no choice in the birthmark. He doesn't, you know, pick that out. You know, okay, yeah, I'll I'll have that. I'll have that little uh, round red circle on my cheek. You know, that'll be fine. Birthmark. He doesn't pick it out. He's born with it. And then he has to live with it. And we were born with it. And then we have to live with it. And if God should just mark that and say that's who you are and that's who you will always be, well, who could stand? But then in verse 4 he says, But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. God's forgiveness removes the birthmark. It's, he's, there's no Once he's done, when, when you are baptized in his name and the blood of Jesus is applied it cleanses us from all sin. It takes that birthmark away, and all things are made new. And uh, that's why we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness from God because without it, we would still be carrying that birthmark. We need his forgiveness to kind of bring the point home a little further in Ezekiel 18. Sounds like a very whew, chapter, but it's really good if you'll just read it and see what God's saying. But in Ezekiel 18 and 20, he says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Whew. Whew. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. But if the wicked, well, there's hope for the wicked. That's a message, man. Some of, you, some of you preachers better listen. That's a message. There's hope for the wicked. But if the wicked will turn from all this sin that he has committed, keep all my statutes, do what is lawful and right, he will live. He will not die. God can change that judgment. All his transgressions that he has committed, they shall not be mentioned unto him. In his righteousness that he has done, he shall Live. Friend, forgiveness is life to us. The scripture says that uh, when Peter went and preached to the Gentiles, to Cornelius' house, um, that the Holy Ghost fell on them as it did at the beginning. And, and they realized when he went and told the Jews this and said, man, because they were upset with Peter for going there. But he said, but when I was preaching Jesus, they received the Holy Ghost just as we were. And then they were baptized in his name. And they started glorifying God and said, well, God has granted repentance unto the Gentiles. It was granted to, he didn't have to, but he did. He granted repentance to us, uh, that uh, forgiveness of sin so that we could live, so that we could be all right, so that the birthmark could be removed. And so it's obvious, it's no, anybody who, who lives for God knows I need forgiveness. I've got to have it, but As much as I need it, and as much as I need it to be extended to me, I must extend it to others. It is equally as important because one can't happen without the other. If I won't forgive, I cannot be forgiven. We're going to get more into that as we move, but that's Scripture. So 
As much as I need forgiveness, God, forgive me. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to go to hell. I do not want to live a miserable life. God, forgive me. I need that forgiveness. There's no way without it. I can't get in the gate without it. I cannot hear well done without it. I need forgiveness. As much as I need forgiveness, I must forgive. Because I can't be like him without it. To be Christian is to be Christ-like. If Christ is going to be formed in me, forgiveness is going to come along with it. Yeah. If my life is hid in Christ and uh, I'm so uh, wrapped up in his commandments and his word and living for him, that forgiveness should be obvious in our life. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, And be ye, he's talking to the church, talking to the brethren, the holy brethren, be ye kind one to another. Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I was reading that. I've never just dwelt on that last line, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. But today when I was reading that and studying it, it just popped into my mind where Jesus was hanging on that cross and said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. In other words, that, that was the Lord asking. And so for Christ's sake, whew, don't you feel that? Because, uh, listen, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. We sing them songs and we talk about how he wasn't just talking to that crowd that was standing around him, but he knew that it would be for the people of all time. And when he said, Father, forgive them, he wasn't just talking to the ones that nailed him and beat him and whipped him and were mocking him that day. But throughout all of time, throughout all the ages, those that just don't know what they're doing, Father, forgive them. Show them forgiveness, Father. And so for Christ's sake, God has forgiven us. We need to be forgivers. Colossians 3, 12 and 13 Put on, therefore, here you go. Here's who we are. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, we should put on bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Well, we should just do a series on here's what we ought to be. Because he's writing to the elect. Oh, I'm so glad God filled me with the Holy, Holy Ghost and fire. Washed my sins away. Well, here's how you ought to act. <laughs> oh, man. Here's how we ought to act. We ought to be kind, merciful, be humble in our mind. We should be meek. Oh, I ain't going to be meek. It's my way or no way. I'm going to do my own thing. I know it all. That's not meek. Meek doesn't mean weak. The Lord was meek and lowly, had all power in heaven and earth. We are missing a lot of power when we discard meekness. You will be more like Jesus when you are meek and lowly than any other time. But he had all power in heaven and earth. And so we throw away meekness and lowliness and we're powerless. I'll, yes, sir. Wow, wow, wow. That's, that's exactly right. That's what I'm, my mind's just <laughs> up here right now. You'll see, this is not even the notes. This is just the Lord saying, ding, 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 ding. He just, it's, it's like he's typing in on a live stream, like, say this, say this. Oh, so here we are. Meekness, long-suffering. Then forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If you have a quarrel against any, anybody, if any man, if the pastor has a quarrel against any, you got to forgive him. If the Sunday school teacher has a problem with anybody, you got to forgive him. I, I don't care what your seniority in the church is. I don't care if you're fourth, fifth, eighth generation apostolic. If any man, any man, and any man has a quarrel against any, He's not so righteous that he can bypass this step. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. 
If he did it for you, you better do it for somebody else. Friend, forgiveness is what makes it right. It's, it's not my anointing. It's not favor. It's not any righteousness I have. What makes things right is forgiveness. Forgiveness is what makes it okay. It's what makes it right. You got to hear it. We go back to, to Matthew 18 and start looking. Opening verse, here's, here's Peter. You never know what's going to happen when Peter's involved. Well, we do now because we've read it several times. But, but you, you realize, oh, here it comes again. So here comes Peter to him. I wonder if the Lord, if the Lord ever rolled his eyes. Here we go. Oh, he said, here, Peter comes to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? We're going to pick just some things out of each verse here. Forgiveness has always been an issue, even with key holders. A few verses, chapters back, the Lord gave Peter the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Listen, forgiveness is another key on the ring. The key to the kingdom of heaven is more than Acts 2.38. That's the new birth. Got to have it to see it, to enter into it. But let me tell you, there are things that, uh, there are parts of the kingdom we are locked out of because of unforgiveness, because forgiveness is a kingdom issue. It is. You ain't going to the kingdom without it. <laughs> if God don't forgive you, forget, don't, just don't even think about the kingdom. You'll just be frustrated. It, it is a key that unlocks the prison door of unforgiveness because there's a prison for folks who won't forgive. We just read about it, about the guy who wouldn't forgive and that's where he winds up, a place that he didn't even want to be. But it doesn't matter how born again we are. It doesn't matter if we have those keys to the kingdom. Forgiveness will always be an issue because there's going to be always somebody hurting your feelings, doing you wrong, gossiping, lying, something, hurting you some way where you're going to have to say, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. And I've got to forgive them too. I've got to make sure that I, you know, we can't say, Lord, forgive them for what they did to me. You've got to say, I forgive you because God has forgiven me. Forgiveness is what's going to make it right. And then in verse 22, the Lord said unto him, well, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Let me ask you this. If we're supposed to forgive the way God forgives, does God ever stop forgiving you? Is there a day of the week that God doesn't forgive on? Well, 490. I can promise you, you're not sitting in this room unless you've asked God more than 490 times Amen. to forgive you. Because if you pray every day, you'll pray the way the Lord taught you, and you're going to ask every day, Father, forgive my debts as I forgive my debtors. So let me ask you, are you behind on the asking? <laughs> oh, I, I ain't done nothing today. I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to ask no, the Lord today. I, don't, I ain't done anything. Well, don't get behind in the asking. Because if you ask not, you receive not. <laughs> you need to ask him. He don't just sprinkle a little forgiveness on your cornflakes in the morning and say, there you go. That ain't what it's talking about when he loads you daily with benefits. Listen, God doesn't stop forgiving. We don't stop forgiving. Now, verse 23. So here, after the Lord says this, he said, now, all right, okay, we're talking about forgiveness, Peter. So therefore, let me give you a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like to a certain king that would take account of his servants. Kingdom of heaven, born again people. Forgiveness is a kingdom matter. You think about the Lord's prayer. Our Father that is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. 
You know what he wants happening on earth? Forgiveness. If I've ever seen anything, man, I've seen it today that the, the Lord's prayer is more about forgiveness uh, and, and taking care of us than any time I've ever seen it before. Because that's right smack in the middle of it. Give me this day my daily bread and forgive me my debts as I forgive those my debtors. And then don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Because you know what's waiting on you when you won't forgive? Temptation to gossip, temptation to lie, temptation to, to, to be hurt, to be offended, temptation to give up. And Lord, deliver me from evil because you're just going to head toward evil stuff if you won't forgive. If you live in bitterness, if you live in unforgiveness, if you live in offense, he was talking about that Sunday morning, you're going to have a, a rough life and you're headed toward evil. Deliver me from evil, Lord. Forgiveness. And see, but you've got to address that, Lord. Today, forgive me of my sin. Let me go on and acknowledge. Forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. I'm not just asking it for myself, but I need to forgive others. I need to be more like you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth. Hey, you're made from the earth. Uh, if there's a treasure in earthen vessels, it's the power to forgive because when you forgive, man, it just opens up. Uh, it, it, man, there is no prison door where you can forgive. You're not, you're not going to be held back. So you've got to realize that forgiveness is a kingdom issue. The Lord is serious about forgiveness. He gave his life for forgiveness. Praise God. Verse 24 says, And when he had the, this uh, king, when this king had begun to reckon, there was one brought unto him, and he owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I have looked at several different places to figure out what these talents, what that would equal to. And every one of them is a ridiculous number. But one of the ones, just to give you an example, Today, 1,000 talents of silver is equal to $53,200,000. 1,000 talents of gold, 3,568,200,000. That's what, you can say, this is what the Lord's trying to help them see in this. Is this man owed a debt that he could not pay? There was no possible way. His selling his wife, his children, putting him in prison. That wasn't going to change that. This man, I don't know how he could possibly rack up that kind of debt. I don't know what he did. He sold a country or something. I don't know what happened. But he, the Lord is letting you know he owed a debt. There was no possible way. There was not a king on earth that could fulfill this. He was, this is what he owed. And, and people, well, those, those numbers aren't right. You know, they can't be right. And, no, this is what Jesus is telling them. He, he made it so ridiculous because he needed them to understand there was no way this guy was getting out of this debt. He uh, uh, owed this and there was nothing he could do. It was more than he could pay. And so it says, but for as much as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded, sell him, sell his wife, sell his children, everything he's got. So pay, some kind of payment can be made. And the servant falls down and worships. Whew. Man, when you are out of luck, when you are in that place, you need to fall down and worship the king. Man, it opens up that compassion of the Lord. He said, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay you all. He, I'll do whatever it takes. The Lord knew he was serious. He, I, he knows he can't pay it. If I gave him a thousand years, he couldn't pay it. But he's so earnest, he's so sincere, so I'm going to have compassion. And the Lord was that servant moved with compassion and he loosed him and forgave the debt. So Jesus is showing us a very important principle to live by. And this is what I'm talking about where forgiveness is what makes it right. There was no way for this man to pay what he owed. It may not be repayable, but it is always forgivable. You better, uh, you better put that on your refrigerator. 
stitch it on a pillow, do whatever you need to. But you need to remember, it may not always be repayable. Most of the time, it is not repayable. But it is always forgivable because forgivable and forgiveness comes from God. God can forgive anything. I can forgive anything. Could you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can forgive anything? You're going to have to. Because, you know, what, what, we, what we want to do is this. We want to be like the servant a little further past. Make it right, and I'll forgive you. But forgiveness is what makes it right. He could not make it right to the king. So the king forgave him, and that made it right. We can't always tell. People are going to do things and stuff. There's no way that they can give anything or say anything to make it right again. But forgiveness makes it right. Forgiveness, uh, listen, oh, just make it right, I'll forgive you. That's impossible. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. Forgiveness is what makes it right. And when people, you know, say something that wrecks your character to other people, there's nothing that they can give to repay that. It's already out there. They've said it. The words are there. You're going to remember it. You're going to know it's there, but you can forgive it. You can say, I forgive you. And there is a liberty that comes with forgiveness for both parties. When, listen, there's an expectation in us to God. If we ask God to forgive us, it's in our prayer that the Lord said, pray like this. So it's in our prayer. There's an expectation that when I ask the Lord to forgive me, and the Bible says if I confess my faults, he's faithful and just to forgive me. So I have an expectation from God that when I say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me, that he did. If I can't believe he forgave me, how, how will I even believe I'm going to be saved or or, but I, I have this expectation. And once I pray that prayer of forgiveness, there is a liberty because I know that that's off the table. God has forgiven me. Does he remember every? God remembers everything. It's not that, but he's forgiven me. And then, you know, for us, the forgiver, we're free from worry, free from thinking about it. Free from that feeling of somebody owes me something. We're free from feeling offended. We can just say, I've forgiven it, so let it go. You know, a lot of times we, uh, we, we'll say, well, forgive and forget. Well, that, that don't never happen. You're going to always remember it. Just don't remember it against them. You know, that's the way the, you think the Lord has forgotten anything you did prior to when you was washed in his blood? No. He remembers it. He just don't remember it against you because it's covered by the blood. It's been forgiven. You've been released. Uh, just like this king, remember how much you owed? I remember how much you owed, but I forgave you of it. I, I, was, I let you loose. You walked out of here a free man. And that's the way God is. He just won't, all the things we did, he remembers. He knows what we did. And if we don't learn to forgive, we're headed toward those evil days, to those bad days. You're only going to, man, it's, it's like just eating poison, drinking poison, whatever you want to say. It's, it's only going to hurt you to hold on to unforgiveness. Hebrews 12 and 1 reminds us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Easily. Easy. Listen, it's, verse 28 of, the, of Matthew lets us see how easy it is if we hold on to unforgiveness. The same servant went out, found one of his fellow servants, owed him a hundred pence. You know how much a hundred pence is? It's about $16 today in U.S. dollars. So depending on where the market's at, it could be as low as $10. For $10, he grabs this guy by the throat. Pay me what you owe. 
you were just forgiven about $53 million and you're going to choke a guy for $10. Unforgiveness is a weight of sin. How easily, it's a weight and how easily he said it'll beset us, it'll knock us off track. If there's anything that knocks us off, knocks us off track easily, it is unforgiveness. It's a weight of sin. You know what? Let me ask you this. By show of hands, how many people know that it's good to forgive? Looks like that's about unanimous. Looks like, yeah, but if you don't know, it is. I'll just tell you. <laughs> if you don't read the Bible, you'll find out it's good to forgive. So you know it's good to forgive. So throw James 4 and 17 up for me. Okay, so everyone just raised your hand. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and do it not is sin. Unforgiveness is a sin because it's good and we know it's good. And if we know it and we don't do it, then it's sin. Well, if it's sin, my prayers are hindered because God will not hear the prayer of sinners. You got to be a worshiper, Scripture says. Amen. Worships. But uh, so. If we know it's good to forgive, but we don't, we're in sin. If we don't forgive, we can't be forgiven. That means we're in sin. We've got to forgive so we can be forgiven. We've got to forgive because it is good. And we know it's good. We know it's the right thing to do. We're human, we're flesh, and we wrestle with it, but we still know it's good. You'll never find a loophole. So, well, you just don't know what they did. I would love to see you make that argument face-to-face -face with Jesus on the day that they was nailing him to the cross. I would love to see you say, Lord, I know it might be kind of hard to hear with them thorns in your head, but you don't know what they did to me. I'm sure all the pain of those nails in your hands and feet and the flesh hanging off your body where they beat you half to death. I know you're, you're probably not really concentrating on me right now, but listen. You don't know what they did. Make that argument to the crucified Savior and see what he says about offense and betrayal and, uh, and then just listen to what he said hanging there in his last breaths. Father, forgive them. Well, they know not what they do. We've got to forgive others too. And so we see as we move forward this... Uh, Guy, he, he's, I'm not going to forgive anybody. So he's, the guy does, does the same thing that he did. He falls down at his feet. Oh, please, just have patience and I'll pay you everything. It's just $10. I get paid next week or whatever. It's $16. I, I'll get it to you. Uh, that's, it's nothing. I'll pay you. Nope. Mm -mm. But the Bible says we should do unto others as we would have them do unto us. Uh, Matthew 7 and 12, that's what it says. Uh, do unto others as you have them do unto you. And another thing is, don't rob God. I'm going I'm to get my vengeance. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. The Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. When we take vengeance, we take what's God's. You make yourself a thief. The Bible asks a question in one place, will a man rob God? Are you stealing what's God's? Let him handle those things. You forgive because he forgave you. Don't rob God. So a hundred pence, this man, he has, and the thing is, is, in the moment, he has no idea what's coming. Because he can still remember, I'm a free man now. I owe no debt. I've been forgiven so I, I feel like I can just do anything. And for about $16, he's about to lose his soul. In the light of eternity, ooh, how small offenses seem. When I start thinking about forever in one place or the other, the Bible asks the question, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I will not be lost over petty offenses. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean I like to be talked about or lied about or gossiped about. 
but I will not miss heaven over somebody else's nonsense. I'm telling you. Because it doesn't matter how forgiven I am. When I won't forgive, I'm the one that looks bad. I've been forgiven. I show out. Here's what happens. Verse 31. His fellow servants, his church people, his brothers and sisters, they see the way he's acting and they were sorry. So they went and told the Lord on him. Somebody might start telling on you. Lord, you see the way they acted? And then the Lord, let the Lord deal with them. And so the Lord, come here, guy, the one I forgive. Don't, don't think you can't get in trouble. <laughs> this is a good little thought for them. Once saved, always saved people. Well, you know, the king didn't say, well, I've done forgave him. I can't do nothing about it. <laughs> All them, I've done, been forgiven, so I can do what I want to. I can choke you out for $10 if I want to, and God's going to take me to, right, got my seat right next to him at the table in heaven. But thank you, wrong. I like that. Yeah, that's wrong. You're the one that's going to look bad holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness. People are going to see you and go, wow, how awful they are. That's what they were saying. Man, look at this guy. We know he owed the king so much, and the king forgave him. Now look the way he's acting. Look how this, remember we're supposed to be the elect of God, holy and beloved. He's not acting very holy. Not acting like the elect of God. And so in verse 32, that Lord calls him and says, look, you wicked servant. Oh, wait, wait a minute now, Lord, I'm a free man. Wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired it. You couldn't pay it, but I forgave it anyway. Uh, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? I'll remind you of Ephesians 4 and 32. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Yep. And then in Matthew 6 and 12, in that Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Should you not have done that? Isn't that that's what he's saying. Shouldn't you have done what I did for you? And then in verse 34, the Lord was angry, delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due. He put himself where God had delivered him from. God had spared him from that prison, and yet his actions put him right back there. I don't want to escape the fires of hell just to put myself back because of something so silly as I won't forgive. Ezekiel 18 and 24, we were reading about how God will forgive us. But listen to what Ezekiel 18 and 24 says. When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, our righteousness is by the faith that we have in Christ. And if we have that kind of faith in Christ, we know that he forgave us and we should forgive as he forgave us. And so... When the righteous turns away from his righteousness and he commits iniquity, does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does. And that's why the, the king said, you wicked servant. You're acting like a wicked man. Shall he live? All this righteousness that he has done will not be mentioned. It doesn't mean God doesn't remember it. I'm just not going to mention it. Just like if you do what's right, I'm not going to mention or remember your sins against you. But if you do what's wrong, I'm not going to say, well, give him a pass because he shouted in church one day. All this righteousness that he has done shall not be mentioned in his trespass where he trespassed and in the sin that he sinned in them shall he die. There is no one saved, always saved. In Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. But in verse 14 and 15, here's this summation after the Lord's Prayer. After he, he said, well, let's just read the Lord's Prayer. Thy Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our debts as we forget our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then 
He says, for if you forgive men, he's, he's pointing out the main point of this prayer is that you learn to forgive as I have forgiven you. He said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You've got to forgive to be forgiven. And that's, that's the way he sums up that prayer. Understand, many times we think this is, you know, people, I've seen people praying that prayer like a covering or something. Well, it is if you, if you know what he's talking about. Don't get an evil heart of unbelief and bitterness and unforgiveness in you. Man, you can get that bitterness and it'll choke you to death. You can get that unforgiveness in you and it'll, it'll eat you up. You've got to forgive. And back to Matthew 18 and 35, after we, the wicked servant was thrown in prison, delivered to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due. Likewise, shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts do not forgive everyone his brother their trespasses. In other words, God does not like unforgiveness in his people. He, he is a forgiving God. He is long-suffering. But the scripture says, he, he told Moses, he said, I am long-suffering, but I will not clear the guilty. He will forgive people, and then they're not guilty. But when people just stay guilty, and when you live in unforgiveness, you're guilty. He said, I won't clear the guilty. So you can come to the music, darling. And so when we are hurt, done wrong, we don't forget it. But we can forgive it. We may not forget what was said. We may not forget how we felt. But you can forgive. Just because you remember it doesn't mean people say, oh, it won't get out of my head, it won't get out of my head. It probably won't. But that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven it. Because you forgive from your heart. You forgive from your heart and your actions will show whether or not you have truly forgiven or not. So just like God remembers but not against us, you might remember it, but just, you know, if the next time you see them and you remember it, don't punch them. That means you haven't forgiven them. But if you... Maybe just, and you don't have to go up giving them a holy kiss either. You can greet them. How are you? You can be personable. You can do, and you can just go. You don't have to look at them mean, cuss them out, flip them off, whatever it is you do. You don't have to do all that. You can just, there you are. How are you? I've seen people, oh, mercy, that have said some ugly stuff, and I'm like, hey, how are you today? Hope they're fine. I remember what they did, but I ain't going to be lost over it. <laughs> Listen, stand with me. In Psalm 130, what we started out with tonight, talking about our need for forgiveness, the psalmist said, you know, Lord, if you mark iniquities, who will stand? When you start holding on to things and marking stuff against people, it's going to weaken your stance. It's going to be hard for you to stand when things come against you because you're so eat up with everything else. You're not, no one, you're not keeping his, you're not hearing his words and keeping them. And the Lord said, any man that hears my words and keep them, he's like a man that builds his house on a rock and it always stands in the storm. When you won't forgive, you're like the man that built on the sand. So, Lord, if you mark iniquities, who shall stand? Well, if I mark iniquities, who's going to stand? I may call somebody else to, well, you know, pastor don't like them. I'm not going to like them either. You never know how you influence somebody. I sure don't want to influence somebody to be against somebody else. I heard Brother Eberhardt praying one time, and, and he said, Lord, if anybody has done me wrong, don't hold it against them on my account. 
And I, I pray that a lot. Lord, if, if somebody's done something or said something and I don't know it, or even if I do know it, Lord, don't, don't hold it against them on my account because I'm fine, really. I'm okay. I, would, I, I don't want to be the cause of them losing out. But he said in verse 4, But Lord, there's forgiveness with you, there's for, or forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. And so I thought, Lord, if there's forgiveness with thee, then there must be forgiveness with me. I've got to forgive also. Because it's forgiveness that makes it right. It can't be repaid. It can't be, you don't get a memory wipe. You know, you don't get amnesia. You remember it. All the emotions, everything about it. But forgiveness makes it right. You're not going to be choking people. And I only mean in a natural sense. You, you, you could just choke people emotionally when you're eat up with unforgiveness. So make sure that you forgive. But tonight as she's playing, I'm open the altar and give you an opportunity to come and pray. And I'm going to say it again, like the scripture said, if you have a quarrel against anybody, I would be very careful about walking out of this building tonight without making it right. If there's somebody in this room tonight that you kind of sideways with, I wouldn't leave this room before I went to them and said, forgive me. I'm sorry for the way I acted. I'm sorry for what I did. Whatever, Make it right so you'll be free. There's a liberty that comes with forgiveness. Let's come to the altar and pray tonight.
Thank you, Lord. Before we go, why don't we just all together lift our hands one more time. And let's love the Lord and empty ourselves. You know, pray that prayer right now. Pray the Lord's prayer right now. Ask Him today, if you haven't done it yet, Lord, forgive me as I forgive those that trespass against me. But don't leave here without it. Lord, forgive us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for forgiveness, for the power that comes in forgiveness, for the liberty that comes in forgiveness, not just for ourselves, Lord, but for others. Oh, we worship you and we thank you for forgiving us, God. We thank you tonight. We love you. We praise you. Lord, let us be more like you in our daily walk. God, let us go forth. Let us go forth, Lord, forgiving people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. God's good to us. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, you learned something tonight. You learned something. And friend, that's what it's about. How, how can you do what you don't know? So we learned. And we learned that it's more than just, hey, it's all part of it, but it's more than just showing up here and shouting on Sunday, but it's a daily walk and being more like the Lord. You know, how, how are you going to win people? One of the greatest parts of God's goodness is His forgiveness. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. So how do we show people His goodness? We do that by loving them, forgiving them. That's part of it. And man, that's what leads people to a place where they can say, I need to turn my life around. Give my life to God. Let's be more like the Lord. God bless you. Looking forward to Sunday. It's going to be a great time. Invite somebody to church. I believe God's going to do some great things in Jesus' name. God bless you tonight.